gotta represent all the time. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to Revolutionary Health. I'm Charles Stevens and I'm the executive director of the Counter Nitter Project. And I'm joined with my good friend, Michael Ward. So tell, tell, do, them a little, um, tell them a little bit about you. Um, so I'm an actor, a model, a poet, activist, advocate, all of those wonderful things. All of those things. <laughs> and how would you folks find you on social media? Um, it's really simple now. So you can follow me on social media, Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-X, the letter X, Ward, W-A-R-D, Facebook me, Instagram me, all that good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. And as always, if you're watching this on Facebook, please be sure to like us on Facebook. Um, and also, if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and like us on YouTube. And we really appreciate it if you would um, join our email list at thecounternarrative.org. So please, please, please join our email. Like, I feel like I'm always begging people. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a televangelist or something. As a creative, you have to promote yourself. Give have to some- promote yourself. Who do we have with us this uh, this evening? Oh, and Johnny told me to say that we're going to try really hard to get to your comments. If we don't get to your comments or questions, please forgive us. Don't get mad at us. <laughs> we're going to do the best that we can <laughs> to hear everyone out. I see Art Jackson. Hey, Art. What up, hey, Art? <laughs> Maurice is here. Um, Maurice is with us. I see Bernard. Bernard. Um, uh, that's all I see right now. So, yeah, so we practice grace, <laughs> practice compassion. Don't be too mad at us if we're not able to get get to your comments and so forth. So this, you know, we're talking about a lot of stuff. Um, so we have three things that I think we're going to talk about. <laughs> I'm a little nervous because um, it's we're going to go uh, in some places that I don't know we've been before. Um, one is breakups and how to navigate breaking up with someone. At Revolutionary Health, you know, we talk a lot about emotional wellness, and but we also want to make sure that the conversations we have are very relevant to the experiences of, of our community. So we thought, I know that I've been hearing a lot of folks kind of talking about up and just like how to get through it, and we thought we'd address that. Um, we also thought we'd talk about community health and um, like what is the state of Black gay community health right now? Is our community healthy? Is our community not healthy? Like, how do we think about those things? And what does it mean to be healthy? And finally, um, we wanted to talk about uh, create, like, uh, being being a creative and finding balance in life and work as a creative. So what does it mean to work a full-time job and then also um, try to create in your spirit? Like, how do we balance that? And I know me and Michael are having a really great conversation about that. So um, thank y'all for joining us, and we're gonna. I guess we'll just get started. So which one? Which one you talk about first? You pick it. I'm rolling with you. Okay. Um, why don't we talk about <laughs> breakups? Well, we were talking about breakups. We're talking so about breakups. We might as well um, stay on Facebook. <laughs> stay on Facebook. Do not drink and get on Facebook. Trust me. <laughs> and if something about music too, don't don't play. Like what is no, it? No, <laughs> I think you need music. As somebody who is a lover of music, I think you definitely like. Music can be your friend when you are sitting in the dark with that bottle of Jack Daniels. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting a, <laughs> getting a visual right now. No, no sponsorship for me. Um, <laughs> but no, I think music is a it's a good comforting thing because there is a song for everything. I say that all the time. Like some of the best songs. Like what is the best breakup, breakup song? And also, y'all, please oh let us know in the comments. Like, what's been your experience? Like, how did you heal from a broken heart when you've um, you know had that experience? 
uh, what are some suggestions you might have for other folks that might be going through um, a breakup or, you know, kind of recovering from <laughs> uh, a disappointment in, in, the, in the romantic life? So please let us know. My heart said, boom, stay off. I know this right. Yes, I'm telling you, stay off Facebook. Don't do it. Don't get on Facebook. Don't do it. Uh, One of the things I can honestly say for me that has really, really helped me a lot is um, my therapist. Thank you. Therapy is the way. Revolutionary health. Trust me. Get into (laughs) therapy. Um, But my therapist told me, she was saying, give yourself permission to grieve. Mm. And I had never thought of it before because I was like, honestly, you're mourning the death of a relationship. And a lot of it is you go into it. I don't, I think no one goes into a relationship anticipating the end Mm. of it. So when it happens, it is, you know, a very devastating thing. And you have to allow yourself permission to grieve the end of the relationship and allow, you know, allow yourself that time to just reminisce or reflect. Don't get stuck there, but you have to kind of just allow yourself that time to grieve. Mm. Not on Facebook. Not on Facebook. <laughs> no. Not on social media. Get off social media. Get off social media. So I was, I was telling media. Michael about, oh so one years ago, <laughs> I was going through a breakup with someone and I was going to write this, this essay about what I learned in this relationship. I'm so glad I didn't do that. I like mm. wrote it. I didn't publish it because I think I was trying to figure out how to make sense of it and how to, mm. how to cope. It's too early to know the list. Yeah. It's too early. <laughs> it's yeah. too early. You have to you have to give yourself time to learn the lesson. Bernard Tarver asks, is it better to wallow in misery or lick your wounds and move on? What do you think, Johnny? Mm. Break you into it. Um, for me, I know that I'm off camera. Um, give yourself permission, as Michael said. Johnny says, give yourself permission. Um, and then lick your wounds. And you got to dust yourself off. Dust yourself off. Like, like, Y'all are so resilient. I say wallow. Uh, well, I say... Give yourself permission to heal in whatever way. Like, don't put a time limit on it. Like, don't mm. rush it. I mean, I think it has to run its own course. It's like it's like it's like a fever. You know, it has to run its own course. And I think when you try to rush it, when you try to um, speed yourself up, it may lead to making other choices that may not be optimal. Um, like, be I mean, still. Mm, be, be still. still. <laughs> It, I'm telling you, like, I had a lot of awesome advice from therapy. Hey, James be, Lester. <laughs> hey, James. Be still. And what I mean by that is take time to be in your feelings. Just be still. Like, you don't have to have it. Like I was saying, it's too early to know the lesson. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times we try to, at least for me, I can't say we. But for me, I try to make sense of what is this supposed to teach me? What was this person in my life for? What was... What did all of this mean to me? Overthinking Virgo and um, <laughs> all of those things. But you have to be still. There will be no way that you can know the lesson right away. So just just take time to be still and to wallow or lick your wounds. Nobody can tell you how to get over it. As long as it's a healthy way, I think then it's absolutely fine. Just don't don't fall into the self-destructive thing. Been mm. there, done that. A lot of stories <laughs> no to Jack tell Daniels. you in my twenties <laughs> <laughs> about that. Just, just be still and and be aware of. It. I mean, I'll definitely say that one of, and maybe it was just being in my thirties at the time when I was going through this. Thirty. <laughs> <laughs> fun of me. Um, I was like, what if, you know, what if, what, what, what if it gets gets harder to meet people. Like I was mm. very, and maybe it comes with when you get older, just feeling more anxiety around meeting oh, yeah. people and stuff like that. 
And the best advice I got was from my friend Michael Gibson. He was like, and you know, kind of near to friend Michael, he was just like, no, you, I mean, keep it moving. Like, basically, it doesn't end. You know, there's still so many opportunities. There's so many, and I was like, cliche, there like other fish in the sea and all that. And then, you know, I met my current boyfriend, you know, like, you know, after some time, and it's like, it's just amazing what you just never know. Like, so you're going through a breakup, you just never know what's around the corner. And then mm. it's like, you know, you may find the love of your life. You just never know. It's like that meme, though, on <laughs> social media where, you know, it's like, remember, uh, remember when you thought you would die and look at you living and shit? Like, mm. it really is true. It's like, it almost feels like, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. And then you look up six months, a year later, and you're like, okay, I'm living in shit. Like, so it's not the end of the world. It's, it's not the end of the there world. Is but, a, yeah. but back to the anxiety thing about it. Why do you think that you feel the anxiety of like, this is, I'm never going to meet anybody else? Because I think a lot of us feel like that. Like, mm. this was the one. Like, you were it. <laughs> There's I no you, one better. No, than my you. favorite one is I wasted my time. You oh, wasted because my you time. feel that way. You're like, oh my god, I really like. Mm. That's the worst feeling. Like you wasted my time. Uh oh, Bernard. They took us to the master's class. Uh-oh. He said, "How do you learn to trust again? How do you learn to trust again?" Thank you, Bernard. Oh. That's deep. Oh, we need a therapist for that. <laughs> um, I the for me yeah. for for me. How do I learn to trust again? Yeah, is um, depending. I think it kind of depends on the reason for the end of the breakup, because not always is it um, a trust thing or infidelity or any of those kind of reasons. Sometimes you just grow apart and you realize that, hey, maybe we're moving in different paths. But I think when it comes to like the trust again, is that you have to realize that every first of all, you cannot make this new person pay for what the old one did, Mm. because that never works out. And that just Mm. makes you look like the bitter Betty. And the pessimistic <laughs> Patty and all of these things. It just totally looks bad. But you have to look at this new person for who they are. Don't project your issues onto this new person mm-hmm. and come into it with an open mind and an open heart. But it's easier said than done. It's always easier said than it done. It is easier. But I you have to traumatic. check yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to check yourself. And it's about, to me, thinking. Because my mind can take me somewhere else and I can look at you and I say, this is the same person in a different body. And you may get into that habit of dating the same person over and over, but you have to still take that person on what their merits are mm. and open, be open to receive what this person has to. I mean, get. in the comments, please let us know what are your <laughs> thoughts about how experiences you've had where you might have had your trust violated and you've had to learn to trust again. Like, what's your experience? What have you found to work? Um, we definitely would love to get some wisdom from those of us, um, those of y'all that are watching. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> um, just finally, I, I think there are so many messages out in the world that turn us against each other, that make us feel like we can't trust each other, that we can't love each other, um, that we're not worth wanting each other, right, to invoke Joseph Bean and mm-hmm. Audre Lord for that matter. Um, and I don't know, I think it's just a constant process. Like, I believe that you know, your emotional health really is kind of like a muscle. It's like you have to keep working on it and working on it. Like, I don't think you ever arrive at some level of, you know, where you're just perfect and you're, you Mm -hmm. know, I I think it's constantly, you constantly work on yourself and you look at those experiences as opportunities. Um, But I also realize it's easier said than done. And when you're in that moment, it can be very hard to remember Mm -hmm. who you are. But I also think having a good support system and being able to talk it out, get out, get it out your head, 
um, I think music can be really healing, right? Yes. <laughs> What's been your favorite? So when you've gone through stuff like what? Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. That's the, that's where you, that's your go to. My life. <laughs> Listen, that woman was singing. That woman was singing. That's where. Okay, so so funny. So funny story, right? Because. Because it was not before my time, but I remember my sister had the cassette of Mary J. Blige, My Life. See? And I was like, this woman cannot sing. I was like, what, is, what are we listening but to? But we love Mary J. Blige. Don't put this in the comments. I am a Mary J. Blige fan. Okay. I absolutely love her. But once again, I'm, I'm a little bit younger. So when I first heard her, I didn't understand because I had never been through it. But I remember my very first like real breakup, because you know high school, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. you didn't write my, you, you know, you didn't write me back before seven period book. <laughs> but like my first real breakup where I was like, oh, yes. And I went back and I listened to like the My Life, the entire album. And I was like, this woman was like, listen, this is a love letter. Like she was pouring mm. her heart out to this man. Absolutely. And I was like, I just need a little bit of dirt under my fingernails. You know, that expression, wow. like a little wisdom, a little <laughs> bit to be like, oh, wow. Like this is really mm. what that feels like. So Mary J. Blige, My Life is that always a good you. one. Adele, 21. <gasps> Me too. <laughs> that was another one during the nice break. What about um, Erica Badu's uh, "Mama's Gone"? Oh yeah, like that oh, whole album. Oh, oh my I'm god, Orange Moon. <laughs> exactly. But it's still it's still hopeful though because you want somebody to walk up behind you and kiss you on your neck. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Um, I hope this was helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Let um, us know some of your breakup songs, your CDs. Break in up, the let's comments. do a playlist. Create a playlist. Like this is the playlist for you if you're going through a breakup or going through some stuff. Um, so we're supposed to talk about balance and creatives and stuff, finding balance. So many of us, yeah. you know, we work our full-time job, but we may also write, we may uh, do modeling or acting on the side, we may do music, we may do photography, like a lot of, you know, especially artists, we might have a full-time gig in addition to our art. And I was just wondering, um, how have you been able to have balance where you you know, are both be, are able to make time for your art, for your work, but then at the same time still have the nine to five that takes care of your, your bills and so forth. Um, and Michael, I know you had some some ideas and thoughts about that in terms of? Honestly, it's about the passion of it for mm-hmm. me because if I'm really passionate about it and it's what I love to do, mm-hmm. then I make time for it. I think that's with, with anything. And it does, it, it's all these cliche things that we say tonight. <laughs> if you really want to make it you know make time for it but it is really true and a lot of it is organization putting yourself on a schedule I'll never forget I had a full-time job and I was in college undergrad and I was doing community theater um, at the time so I would have to go to work leave work go to class come back to work finish my job learn lines in two weeks, we had to do August Wilson fences, and fences. I got to oh my God. I got to be Corey. So we had to oh, we had to do fences in two weeks. Now, for all of you out there, August Wilson is very dialogue heavy. It is a very dialogue driven, and so it just really was putting myself on a time schedule to say, okay, when you wake up in the morning, you need to learn your lines. When you're uh, in the shower, when you're doing anything, when you're in the car, any of those things, you have to still put that time and that energy and that dedication to it. And discipline honestly is the thing that will keep you because when you're not motivated and you don't feel like it, discipline will be the thing that just says, this is what you love to do. And this is what you're building toward. So put that energy in there. And I've always been in the philosophy. If I can give somebody 40 hours for their dream, then I can give myself 40 hours or more than that for my own (laughs) dream, because you making, Mm -hmm. you know, you making peanuts off of me. And this is really what I love to do. And that gives me balance because 
Oof. How about that? <laughs> but what Do about no? But what about when you like real tired? Like when you're like long day, your supervisor got on your not to say that that the, mm-hmm. the, theoretically, <laughs> um, your supervisor might have got on your nerves, or your coworkers pissed you off, like. How do you still go home and make time when you don't feel like you have anything left to give? Like, how do you? I you give myself to... 30 minutes. Like, here's here's one of the things I do. I give myself 30 minutes to decompress. Mm-hmm. Like, when I walk through the door, like, I'm really, like, right now where I'm in this space, I'm really big on self-care. So, like, I'll light candles. I'm such a candle person now. <laughs> I'll do something to decompress. So, okay. set the atmosphere. I'll light a candle. I'll just give myself that 30 minutes. And I'm like, this is what you love to do. And the passion is always what brings me back to it. So even if it's like, um, we'll say acting, for instance. I had an audition yesterday. Send one up for me. Um, with that, right, it's just... All right, folks, send my positive energy. He had <laughs> send what? Love and light. Love and light. Love and light. Audition <laughs> so, yesterday. We're going to root it for you. Yeah, but it's, it's just one of those things where I give myself that time to just really separate it. And eventually, I find that way of discovering that passion again for it and that's what gets me into it even when i'm tired oh daniel and says and hey, I'm dedicated. hey daniel um <laughs> when when i'm low on energy and i don't feel like it and um modeling is so much harder than people really think that it honestly is and you have to bring a lot of energy to set so sometimes you have to fake it until you make it like you'll have that go-to pose or you'd be like oh my god you know what cool um, but it, but it really is the love of it. Like if you really love to do it, you'll find the passion for it. Easier said than done, but trust me, it works out. What? How do you? So let's say with modeling, when you're in those moments where you don't feel like being on, what space? What do you access? Like what space do you go to to be able to get in zone? Music really does it for you. Like for me, musical musical take me there. But sometimes I have to get out of my head and I have to zone out. Mm-hmm. And I just become this whole different person, which is like how I understand for all of you out there, this Beyonce reference, how you have the Sasha Fierce it. Trust me. <laughs> sometimes you have to create the alter ego where you are the bad B-I-C, uh, Jesus, B-I-T-C-H. I was trying not to say it where you just have to. <laughs> and I can't spell it. Sometimes you really have to just zone out and go into your alter ego. Like mm. this is all about me. I'm going to do it. So who's your alter just, ego? I used to have Darion Tariq. Don't Google that. But I used to have Darion Tariq. Okay. That was like my alter ego <laughs> um, at the point, And I would like zone out and like he'd take over and do it. But as I've gotten older, I've merged the two. Sounds very psychotic. But I have merged the two into just being like, this is who I am. But But it really is. There have been moments where I'm like, be sexy on a beach in November. And I'm like, oh my god! You're like cold and so. Wow. And then, but it's it's something about it. I just I love to do it, and that's what always brings me back to it. Um, with that. Bernard says, "Don't get a soul sucking nine to five. I work three days a week and get a four day weekend to do my writing." I know that's right. Bernard. Show us the way, Bernard. Please Show us, teach the way. us the way. Because I think <laughs> to tie it back into health, I think a lot of people like my struggle really was being a creative and freelancing mm-hmm. was insurance. Like I was very concerned about insurance and now with um is it still obamacare um i know our affordable care act mm-hmm. what is it um but a lot of programs and insurance and different things although like georgia that still for, doesn't have medicaid expansion so you can yeah, like i mean really researching you know ins- insurance if that's a concern for you mm-hmm. on how to pay for it 
um, write off expenses, all of those things, because that was one of my biggest concerns mm-hmm. about Having paying insurance. for doctor mm-hmm. visits, paying for medications, paying for all of these things. And it was so much safer to have my nine to five mm-hmm. and know that I'm going to have my insurance. Yeah, yeah, with my benefits. And a steady and check. My, <laughs> and a steady check, the 401k that pays for mm-hmm. those dreams. All right, Virgo. And, and I, I have to look at it like that. Sometimes when I do get discouraged, I'm like, Michael, this is paying for yeah. your dreams. Mm. Um, with that. So I think it's it's a real concern, like with people that are freelancers or 1099s. Oh, I love when the check comes in the mail. I call it the mailbox money. Um, <laughs> you just go to that mailbox and it's like, it's a check. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but insurance is like a really big concern, you know, and I've had a lot of friends that have gotten sick and have had to go back to work just to be able to get insurance. Because I mean, so many Black creatives, I mean, we this the I think we're susceptible to a lot of structural vulnerabilities. I mean, I, I, so many creative folks, it's like not having insurance and just not the, it's just really, and I think that's why mm. sometimes it's hard to sustain a creative career over a period of time because life happens. Yeah. And if you're not able to have the structure, and again, everybody makes different choices. Like I'm not at all advocating one where the next, you kind of have to do what's best for you. But I've also seen just many art. I mean, I guess I've seen kind of both sides. Mm. Um, but I also think a lot of creatives don't tell the truth. It's like we see them on the other side when they're successful and they have the big art showing or they have the best-selling book or, you know, the feature film. But we didn't see what it took to get there in the path. Mm-hmm. But I think, honestly, um, art says Black mental health matters often neglected. Absolutely. Um, which is another issue. You know, I think a lot of um, a lot of us that are kind of creative, it's I, it's difficult not being depressive sometimes. And, you know, you, fa- you face constant, re- which we're talking about, the rejection constant piece. rejection. The constant rejection. <laughs> Get yourself a nice therapist. Get yourself a nice therapist. Oh, How'd it, you find your therapist, Michael? Okay, so my search for a therapist was really asking a lot of people. Um, referrals can be the best tool that you can use because I just had to go to my friends that were in therapy and say, hey, what did you know? What did you do to find a therapist? And um, one of my friends, who will remain nameless, um, put me on this website that pretty much gives you where you can break it down. Like this is why I love the internet. Now you can break down like the specific type of uh, therapist that you like to find. It's like Jack. That, it's like Jack, but for a therapist. I don't know about those things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about those things. Find me on there, the headless profile. Um, <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that Deontay? What's your, what's your alter ego? Deontay. But yeah, so uh, switching subjects back to therapy. Back to therapy. So I found mine through that way. And I had, um, it's always good to do a few consultations because you are lucky if you find your uh, therapist off the right, you know, um, right off the bat. But for me, I did like a phone consultation. Mm-hmm. You know, what issues are you dealing with where you uh, end in life? You know, so I did my initial consultation. I had maybe about two or three, um, but I was very specific. For me, I wanted a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted a black woman because I knew a, a lot of like my comfort level was with women. And I know women are nurturers. Um, you know, so I just I specifically was like, I want a black woman. But to open myself up to the possibility, I did have a black man. And we had a phone consultation and I was like, nah, bruh, nah. Well, what happened? What did he say? It, it wasn't anything that he did. It's in, in 
when it comes to a therapist, <laughs> <Interviews>. sometimes <laughs> sometimes you kind of feel bad when you go for a consultation and you're like, you're never going to see me again. And you kind of feel bad. But honestly, it's all about your comfort level because you have to be completely comfortable with your therapist because you are opening up your soul, your your psyche, and you don't want to feel preached to. You don't want to feel judged. You don't want to feel weird. You don't want to feel any of those things. So um, with, with the guy I had, it just was kind of like he dealt with gay issues or he had dealt with black gay men, but it just was like, you, it just, it just didn't feel right. And like one of the women that I went to is like, yeah, just it just didn't feel right. And then mm-hmm. uh, my therapist that I currently have now, when her and I met, like we just I sat on that couch and I was like, bitch, I'm a mess. Uh, and I cried like oh, in, wow. in 10 minutes. I was like, bitch, I am a mess. And I cried in 10 minutes. And she said, let that shit out. <laughs> and I was like. It's kind of like finding a barber. Like sometimes, oh yeah, it's like, oh yeah, it's the same thing. Oh, it's yeah. kind of like dating. It's you know you got to go through like a lot of people for you. You got to go through a few of them and like, oh, <laughs> this, is, the right this is the nice fit. So I've been with her maybe for about a year, and the one thing that I did learn is when you lie to your therapist, that means that you need a new one. Because I did mm. lie to my therapist, and I felt like if I'm lying to my therapist and you don't know anything about me then we don't need to be together because obviously there's like a reason I'm not comfortable Mm. uh, with you. So Mm -mm. that isn't, that is, that's not. So I have a confession to make. You lied to your therapist. I've never actually had a therapist before. But you have friends. You can also have informal therapy. I was like, I need, it's like, I need a, I should probably pursue that, but I've just never, like I advocate for mental health. I've just never done it. Um, Why do you think so? Maybe my therapist can answer if I had a therapist that can tell me that. I think a lot of people, for me, when I when I was telling people about therapy, and one of my biggest things was like, are they just going to sit there and listen to me talk? Mm. But a good therapist will give you homework. Because mm. a therapist is not designed to give you the answers. They are designed to give you the tools and the instructions to do mm. and, and be comfortable in making your own decisions. Wow. But I've noticed friends are very good therapists. They they can be very good therapists. But see, is that unfair to your friends though? Like where, <laughs> you know, it's like I just wanted to like ask you if you saw, I don't know, loving hip hop, and then you start going in about your, th- you know, I mean, how do you balance that? Because I sometimes I do feel like you gotta navigate the over. <laughs> no, I think if if you're if you're if you feel like this person is like unloading on you mm-hmm. more than they ask you and stuff about like how your day is. See. Then I think that's when you come with the boundary and saying, Hey, listen, I can't be what you need because obviously, and I've had to do this and people have cut me off about this because I can whine for 50 minutes at a time. And people have told me they've just put me on speakerphone and walked off. Oh, like no. one of my informal, no, we, this is awesome. Like one of my <laughs> informal mentors, he's known me since I was 19 and I'm Older than that now. And um, he's known me since 19. And he was like, you just used to whine about every single thing. And I would put you on speakerphone and just walk off. And as I've gotten older, he set boundaries with me where he's like, Michael, I can't be this for you right now. Mm. Like, obviously, you need to, like, hit up someone else or you need to contact your therapist. And a, and a true friend will let you know. They'll let you okay. know when it's too much. I received that. Yeah. <laughs> I think the final thing we we're going to talk about is... Uh, 
just community health. And I guess it's related to the topic of rejection and anxiety. Like, so me and Michael, before we started, we're talking about um, why sometimes we might get anxiety, not personally, but how some Black gay men might get anxiety when being around other Black gay men, like the experience of being at a party or being in a social space or even being maybe in a professional space and you're in a room full of Black gay men and you have a lot of anxiety. Um, and why some of us might have that experience. And um, yeah, Michael, do you want to <laughs> share some insights about that? Put me on the spot. Uh-huh. Well, specifically, I was saying, like, my um, my fish out of water experience of really dealing with it was I remember when I went to Sizzle the first time. <laughs> could, you, could you explain to our, our viewers what, what Sizzle is? Not Sizzler. What, Sizzle? <laughs> oh, Sizzle. So Sizzle is um, held Memorial Day in Miami. You have an option of going to D.C., Miami. You can always come here to Atlanta, join us at Counter Narrative Project. Um, <laughs> but uh, pretty much Sizzle is like one of the uh, biggest um, circuit party pride events. I don't really know if it's really considered to be that. Um, but it's pretty much, you know, where thousands of Black gay men come down to Miami um, and they party for three or four days. And um, I haven't, I, have, I, I don't know what it was this year. I haven't checked it out. Um, but it's just, you know, thousands of Black gay men to come party, convene, commune, fellowship, hang out at the beach. I love water. Um, so, like, my first experience going, I was, like, 25. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, are y'all gay? Oh, <laughs> like, y'all is gay? Mm-hmm. Every last one of y'all like me? And y'all are beautiful. <laughs> so it was... It was an overwhelming feeling because it was like, I'm not the only one, although I knew I wasn't the only one. But then low key, it felt like so much competition. Like I felt so anxious about it because I'm like, it was my own insecurities where I felt like I wasn't good enough. So it was almost like, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. And I hadn't really dealt with out black gay men um, to that proportion where it was just fabulous and, and, I'm going to wear my short shorts and my crop tops and, <laughs> and all of these things. And I'm like, you can really do this? Like, this this is really happening. Mm-hmm. But it still felt like so much anxiety because I just felt like a piece of me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, even coming from modeling is, is so weird, but it just felt like this for like these 72 hours, like, I am a piece of meat. Like, it just, it was a lot. And then I think a lot of the pressure that I felt was like to engage in sex, not to engage in sex. Um, is it fun if I do engage in sex, if I don't engage in sex? Um, all of these different things. Like it was, it was so, so many whole process. <laughs> I overthink a lot, if you can't tell. So, but it, it was, it was like that first experience for me. And I, it just, it was like the, almost kind of like, oh my God, what if they just come around us all up and we all go to jail? It just, it wow. was a lot. It was a lot. So it, has it been like that? So obviously Sizzle is a particular culture. Living in like, Atlanta, no. Yeah, is it like I've got so like so Linux Linux on Saturday or maybe Friday or Sunday. <laughs> probably Saturday, Thursday yeah. too. And <laughs> I don't know. So like when you're in these environments where there's a lot of us, how do you? Yeah, I think some of us do have a lot of anxiety around being around other. Around I each other. for me, I realized that I wasn't in competition. Hey, Ivan. Hey, Ivan. to you too. Um, I realized that I wasn't in competition. And one of the things too that I noticed, which is totally off topic, but it correlates, is that um, 
I've got to get better at acknowledging and affirming my brothers mm. when I see them. Yep. Um, I've gotten so much better at doing it, but it, it is sort of kind of like that. Um, when you see other black gay men out, it's almost kind of like, hey, I see you. Mm. I acknowledge you. You're beautiful. Like now I do it more so now that I live in Atlanta. Like, yes. Speak to each other. Yes. Hey, how are you? Because a lot of and us it, don't speak to each other. It's like, yeah. we'll, you know, look, we'll try to look past. We'll look at our phone. It's like, we will not. Just, right. It's kind of like, yeah. yeah, when I see you walk on Martin, I'm like, I know everybody's looking at you in this crop top. And I'm just like, hey, what's, you know, hey, what's up? Like, <laughs> I acknowledge and affirm that you're there because I think before with my own insecurity, it was just, please don't let them find out that I'm gay. Like, wow. it was, it was my own thing about that. And it's one of those things that, I my personal journey is I've had to walk through with that, but being in Atlanta, Atlanta will break you out of that really quick. I it's it's everywhere. So I think it's I think that should be maybe a homework assignment. Okay, homework assignment: if you see another brother, make sure you speak to him. <laughs> don't look at your phone. Don't look away. Don't you know tie your shoe. You know just just be you know don't like I know some of us already do it, so I'm not saying that we don't do it, but. For those of us where it might be a little, and I get some of us are introverted, right? So that could be, you know, mm. might be a thing. Um, yeah. uh, Art says, uh, classing has always been it for me in the gay community. Um, Bernard says, guys don't acknowledge each other because it's misinterpreting as cruising. Yeah, that's true. Like, I mm. think for some of us, we may not want to, maybe the concern is that if we speak to someone, they'll interpret that as des- desire or, you know, we're open for business <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and it's real. Um, that could be, but you're projecting your own shit on somebody else. Really? You know, like you're projecting your own stuff on somebody. Like, oh, I don't want to speak to you because I feel like that you're gonna like desire me. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of bullshit is that? I mean, it, it happens, but it kind of ties back to like my meat market and that you know example. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like you only want me as a piece of meat. But what mm. if this person doesn't even really find you attractive and they're really talking to you because they're like, I'm really not going to give you my number, but you seem like cool people. I really might like your shoes. And I saw something too today where it was like, um, I think it was on it was on the Twitter and someone was saying, why don't men acknowledge other men the way that women do? Like women can see another woman like, hey, sister, like I love your hair. I love your shoes. I love your shirt. But I think with, black men in general like it's seen as like we can We're never kind of yeah like we i think it's related ivan 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 says it's so important to share the love and i think that's related to what you're speaking of just sharing the love and um and maybe it's worth the risk you know maybe yeah. uh maybe it's worth the risk so maybe if i speak to another brother he might think he might misinterpret it he might think that it's my intentions are different than just you know being friendly um he may throw shade he may not speak back that's also a possibility or maybe it could be powerful. It could be affirming. Mm-hmm. You know, like why not just give each other a compliment? I love that you said that. Have you ever just given someone a compliment? Like I this year I've really done it more. Like um I've really done it more. Now that I'm doing the work on myself and acknowledging the things that really that I feel mm-hmm. and I overcome it, then I acknowledge it like yeah. much more. And I'm like, you know, you're really, you're really handsome. I really like your shoes or whatever it is. Or, hey, how are you? How's your day? I'm a hugger. So, like, I know some people get really uncomfortable. <laughs> but I'm like, hey, baby, give me a hug. Like, I, like, but it comes back to my own thing of, like, I don't, I've lost a lot of people in this journey of being gay mm. to different things that, yep. you know, I've lost a lot of people. So, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, I don't know when is the next time I'm going to see you. 
and mm. really human contact and human connection, you never know what people are going through. So there have been moments like for me where people come and give me a hug and it's like, oh, I needed that shit. Mm. Like, I, I needed, like, I just needed just a human touch affection because so many of us go day to day without touch affection. Mm. All of those things I need a hug Intimacy. right now. Hit me up. <laughs> yeah, Stephen Fullwood um, <laughs> wrote this piece for us very early on called uh, His Hugging Ministry because um, he saw it as a ministry. And yeah, you know, as you said, some of us, it could be the only touch we might have received in a while. And, you know, just take a chance. I mean, I think that, you know, when you take a risk, there could be, you know, there's there's the possibility of great reward in that. Um, but Johnny's giving us a signal to wrap up. So do you have so any, soon? any final final words? Um, Yeah, honestly, y'all engage with us, leave comments, let us know your favorite breakup albums. Um, the things that you all do as far as self-care after breakups. Clearly it's Michelle Adigio Cello's, uh, what is it? Um, Comfort Woman, or is it Bitter? Bitter. Oh, <laughs> that's, that is the iconic breakup. Baby was hurt. <laughs> um, but honestly, love Michelle, by the way. Yeah, honestly, leave those things because there are a lot of other creatives um, that need to know insurance things, health things. So um, send, them, send them our way, honestly. Yeah. Ivan says he's a hugger. Yeah, and if you're a hugger, you know, let us maybe. If we you see me in the street, hug me. I'm down for <laughs> you're it. You're down for it. Free hugs. Um, I think it depends on the day. <laughs> you can always, you know, speak to me. <laughs> I'm working I'm working on being a hugger. I'm, I'm working <laughs> on it. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, we'll be here next week, next Tuesday at 7. Also, David's, uh, David Melbranch is traveling this, this week. Safe so travels. Wishing David safe travels. Wish him safe travels. And, um. All right, y'all, take care.